Hey, welcome to Who Knew It with Matt Stewart. And uh, this is not Matt Stewart, this is Saran Jayamana. We're in Sydney, we're about to be in Brisbane, we're doing live Who Knew It with Matt Stewart's in both those cities. And we're also doing our stand-up shows, uh, Dry Dry, is that right? That is correct, uh, Who Knew It's with Matt Stewart's, and also Dry Dry in Sydney at the Manning Bar, and in Brisbane at the beautiful Powerhouse. Oh, so good. And we're you're doing the Who Knew It's at the Chippo, and at the Good Chat Comedy. Anyway, we'd love to see you there, it'd be fantastic. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to Who Knew It with Matt Stewart, the show where the guests write the wrong answers. I'm the titular Matt Stewart, and our first guest this week is host of the 100% Hits Volume Pod podcast. It's Josh Earl. Hello, listeners. <laughs> I sound like the guy from uh, Tile. What's the Tile? <laughs> yeah, Walker. Walker. Yeah. Hello. Hello. <laughs> our second guest is host of the Book Cheat and Do Go On podcast. It's Dave Warnicky. Hello, hello. Chris and Mari. <laughs> <laughs> the plant farm. <laughs> Neighbours be gone. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, uh, both of you, for joining us. Thank you. Living da- my dream. Dave, return guest. Josh, it's your first time here. I'm a debutante. I, I've been on your other podcast, quiz podcast a few times. It's so fun to switch things around yeah. and be the host to you. It's nice to be a guest. I, I don't often get asked to be guests on shows. Dave asked me. Sam Peterson asked me. The Dum Dum Boys asked me. And that's about it. Well, I mean, that's the, the, that's big, the three. big four. The big, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing myself I'm into the Big Four. I'm Anthrax in the Big Four, you know. <laughs> Happy to get a mention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, the way the show works is I ask a relatively obscure trivia question and our contestants have to write a convincing fake answer. I then read their answers as well as the real one and I have to guess which one is correct. Okay. Are we ready to play? Ready. Super ready. Uh, here's question number one. This one comes from Bracken Markins from Philadelphia in the United States. And Bracken's question is, what does Grinagog mean? <laughs> what does Grinagog mean? While they're writing their answers, I'll explain how the scoring works. So you get one point if your fake answer is guessed by the other contestant and another point if you correctly guess the answer. And by the way, I'm also playing as the house. I've put in two of my own fake answers for each question. And I get a point for each one of those that our guests choose. Often my answers, the fake ones, have been written by the question writer as well. So I do very little work on this show, to be honest. Do uh, guests talk as they write? No. Okay. Not normally. I'm doing that, listeners, just so you know. I'm writing different words to what I'm saying right now. It's amazing how you're able to do that. You are, you're not even taking your, your eyes off the phone. What no. a brain this guy's got. <laughs> Just typing away? Yep. The man with two brains. Now, I'm, I'm a bit worried about coming up against you, Joe, because I know from your years as host of Don't You Know Who I Am, you are an incredible liar. Thank you. Incredible. Next level. I'd say good at making stuff up, not yeah. lying. Sorry, yes, but you... <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay, you want to spin it whichever way you like, my friend. But yeah, you're very good at making stuff up, coming up with fake alternatives, which is what this game is, and I feel like I've just stepped in. Yes. To a class with the master. I think it's because I used to work in a school and I wasn't their actual teacher. <laughs> and so the pressure wasn't on to have the right answer all the time. <laughs> and so, so I used to work in a school library. And so people would come up and ask questions of the librarian and I could just either make it up and tell them to go and find the book and just make it up. It's somewhere over there. Because they kind of give up after five minutes. I'll just go to the internet. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, why don't they do that in the first place? What are you talking to me for? Go ask that computer over there. Google.com. So each of us can score up to two points per round, Josh, which seems fair, but the probability actually favours me, the house. Boo. We boo the house. Boo. Well, only you boo the house. Am I the only boo? No other guest has ever booed the house. Well, oh. I went and saw the house starring Will Ferrell and I booed it. It was not good. <laughs> uh, anyway, our questions come from our great Patreon supporters. If you want to submit a question, sign up on any level via patreon.com slash pod, which is linked in the show notes. All right, the answers are in. So let's go back to the first question. What does Grinagog mean? Pittsburgh slang for a spot in the woods used by teenagers to drink and make out. (laughs) A type of liquor used mainly in festive drinks. 
a legendary creature of the American Midwest, a massive hairless bear-like creature with the head of a reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> Loves the taste of corn. <laughs> There's more. <laughs> Someone who grins all the time. Or a medieval word for a dead-end road or street. Greg and God. Is that what it was? Greg and God? Grenagog. 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 So this is a bear-like creature with no fur. That's terrifying. Lo- that loves corn. <laughs> loves corn and yeah. has the head of a reindeer. Yeah. What, can you, what was it? Was it loves the taste of corn or loves corn? Loves the taste of corn. Okay. All oh, right. So it spits it out. So not, not the Jonathan Davis band. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. Well, it doesn't say doesn't like. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah actually, yeah. how does that, that animal sound like this? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he sounds like when he's eating corn. <laughs> Jonathan Dave is a big fan. <laughs> a big fan. Mm. <laughs> okay. Uh, do, you, do you mind if we have it one more time really quickly? Sure. So you got Pittsburgh slang for a spot in the woods used by teenagers to drink and make out. The Grinagog. Let's let's meet at the Grinagog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can trying to use get it, a you know? feel for it. Hey, let's meet at the Grinagog. A type of liquor used mainly in festive drinks. Oh, Merry Christmas. It's Grinagog time. <laughs> can I get another shot of Grinagog in my eggnog? <laughs> oh. Uh, Grinagog nog. A legendary creature of the American Midwest, a massive hairless bear-like creature with the head of a reindeer, loves the taste of corn. Someone who grins all the time. Oh, look at that grinagog over there. <laughs> I guess that could, that's the example for the last two, whether it's the reindeer head or the grinning person. Yeah, look at that grinagog. Or a medieval word for a dead-end road or street. A grinagog. Turn left at the grinagog. No, you can't turn left. <laughs> no, do it's not. Continue past the grinagog. Do yeah. a U-turn at the grinagog. <laughs> Oh, Josh, thoughts, feelings? Anything? I think I think it's the medieval one, but that's just because medieval sounds like a word that none of us three would come up with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, you, you know, Bracken could have that's come right. up with that That's right. We don't know what Bracken's Brack story is. I wouldn't put it past Bracken. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, I mean, I want it to be the bear with a reindeer, but there's just too much detail there, a little bit too much. I feel like the, the grinning one, there's not enough detail, so I'm going to yep. rule those two out. Festive drink? Festive, that could be festive drink. Or oh, what was the first one again to remind me? Pittsburgh slang for a spot oh. in the woods. So you, have you locked in the medieval one? Yeah, I'll lock in medieval. Great. A medieval dead end. Well, I'm going to go with uh, the Pittsburgh slang. I'm just, I'm just feeling it, you know? All right, Pittsburgh slang for Dave. All right, here's who wrote the answers. Uh, type of liquor used mainly in festive drinks. That was Josh Earl. Oh, I nearly went there. Oh, it was 50-50. Uh, legendary creature of the American Midwest. That was the house. Uh, Bracken in particular. Great work, Bracken. <laughs> Thank Loved you, Bracken. It. it was real storytelling. <laughs> yeah. uh, then we had a medieval word for a dead-end road or street, which Josh picked. That was Dave Warnicky. Oh, you that. did use medieval. <laughs> I am nerdy enough to use that word. <laughs> uh, Dave went for a Pittsburgh slang for a spot in the woods used by teenagers. That was also written by Bracken, oh, okay, the house. Love it. Meaning the correct answer is someone who grins all the time. No. Really? That, for me, a, I would have put that last. A grinagog. <laughs> yeah, it sounds too obvious, right? Yeah. Oh, they've just taken the first exactly, bit of that yeah. word. Someone's panicked and gone, oh, yeah, that <laughs> sounds like grin. Yep. Wow. Okay. So that means one point for Dave and one point for the house. I got your point. Thank you so much. That's Appreciate good. that. If you keep That's good. keep them coming, don't forget good. that, Dave. Yeah. Okay. You help me out. I'll help you out later. Great. I promise. I am the Grinagog. <laughs> so that takes us to question number two. This one comes from Emmy White from Albuquerque in New Mexico, and Emmy's question is: What is the name of track five on Larry Pierce's 1994 album <laughs> "Nasty Country Songs"? Now, Larry Josh, Pierce. you've got a bit of an advantage here. I, as a big I love Larry Pierce I love fan. music. <laughs> Larry Pierce has, hasn't come across uh, my Emmy, record player yeah, right. ever. He's apparently big at uh, truck stops in America. Okay. He got his start just sort of, <laughs> he lost his job and he just, uh, you know, in his spare time wrote a dirty country song and became an underground hit. It became viral before the internet got big. So, yeah, what was track five on his classic 94 album, Nasty Country Songs? Nasty Country Songs. While you're writing your answers, here's some more info on Grinagog. There's oh, yep. not a lot of information about it, to be honest. Uh, but on the website words and phrases from the past.com, it, it says uh, a stupid grinning fellow, one who grins without reason or is always grinning. Now, if I, I think if I use that full definition, Dave, you might not have written it off so quickly. Right, because it felt like it was, it was yeah. mm. you know. Have either of you bought a CD from a truck stop slash surfer, as we call them in this country? No, I don't think I have. 
I reckon back in the day my family would have bought a Craig David album. Oh, yeah. Born to do it. For the trip. What a debut. Is that is that got seven days on it? Uh, yes, got seven days and walking away. Two fantastic oh, tracks. Uh, yeah, my brother used to buy them. He used to. He, my brother had a lot of um, best beer drinking compilations. Oh yeah, that wouldn't your your podcast, which is all about the hundred percent hits. Yes, CDs. They they would have been a big uh, servo. I CD. reckon. Yeah, they would be. Yeah, that and Hit Machine. Yes, two, that's right. Two rivals, which went into So Fresh. So I'm sure younger listeners would have picked up a, a copy of So Fresh in their travels. Uh, yeah. So fresh. And they weren't cheap either, were they? CDs, no, they weren't. <laughs> like, you know, 20, bucks. $25 is a bargain. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. For, for maybe two songs you're really interested in. I just in. learned about uh, chart hyping the other day. Do you know the term chart hyping? No. They used to do in the UK, which the, they would just go into record stores where you could return and they'd buy up every copy of the one single and the next day return it. But that would go in the chart. Um, really? Like and that's a sale. And it's a sale. And so record labels would go and chart hype or they just bribe the record store and say, hey, can you say you sold 5,000 copies of this single instead of 50? Like, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Wow. So that time, um, what was that guy who so, lost his mind and wrote an album about his ex-wife and, uh, and he sold like 47 copies? Oh, Robin Thicke. Robin, Robin Thicke, Thicke, yeah. Was that, was that with chart hype? <laughs> no. <laughs> when he sold 115 <laughs> copies? Um, no, it was, I learned about it through Tatiana, who's a Croatian, uh, Swedish, I think, uh, maybe G- German Croatian, I don't know, uh, model slash singer with her song. Um, I can't remember, but Samantha Fox did a cover of it. Oh, yeah. right. right. And it was hyped. It was hyped. Way up. Yeah, chart hyped. <laughs> so it got struck from the register. Oh, right. Oh, it was busted. Yeah, they busted. Oh, it was wow. Scott, Aiken, Scott Aiken Waterman. Oh, the hit factory. The hit factory wrote this song. No kidding. Yeah. Jeez, they knew how to write a hit. I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the answers are in for question number two. What is the name of track five on Larry Pierce's 1994 album, Nasty Country Songs? Dress me down and saddle me up. <laughs> Boot scootin' rat shooting son of a gun. If you mess with the balls, you get the horn. The, nice. the balls? Balls, yeah. <laughs> if you want romance, just unzip my pants. Or threw my shirt in the fire, bracket, but I'll still wear it, bracket. <laughs> What's the guy's name again? Well, we all know, Larry Pierce. Larry Pierce, Larry. sorry. Just got to remember, like, just got to get into the vibe of Larry yes. Pierce. I remember what his music was like. The Nasty Album, is that what it was called? Yeah. I, there's way, He's got way nastier songs than the one yeah. we've gone with here. Some like ones that are just crook, no right, innuendo at all. It's yeah. just like... None of those sound that nasty, really. No, he gets nasty. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, believe it. the balls, you get the horn. It's yeah, a, okay. It's more cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> Put that on a greeting card. Yeah. Fit it innuendo. He needed songs for, you know, mainstream play as well. Yeah. <laughs> the radio weren't <laughs> going to play the dirty stuff. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I'll go with the balls and the horn. Okay. Lock that in. For if Josh. I had a dollar every time I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have the first couple again? The sort of dress me down and saddle me up. I love that. Boot scooting, rat shooting, son of a gun. Then you had the, the balls, and, balls horn. and horn. If you want romance, just unzip my pants. <laughs> or threw my shirt in the fire, but I'll still wear it. Uh, I think dress me down, saddle me up. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I mean... If you had to get any of them tattooed on you, that's yes. the one I'd pick. Just so you know. <laughs> what would be the next line? Dress me down and saddle me up. Uh, saddle uh, me up. Set something about sip from my cup. Oh, like okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're feeling thirsty, you can sip from my cup. And that's also you. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's good. <laughs> We're the, the new hit factory over here. <laughs> well, well, let's Stuart go. Stuart Earl and Warnke. <laughs> I think we could. This that, could be big. That sounds good. We're the nasty country hit factory because uh, Larry Pierce has uh, passed on. So there's oh. a there's a slot opening oh, up. Right. <laughs> so uh, let's go through who wrote the answers. Threw my shirt in the fire, but I'll still wear it. That was Dave Warnke. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that is nasty. He's yeah. going to burn to death. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Larry, just get a new shirt. Yeah. Uh, then we had. Dress me down and saddle me up. That was written by the house. Oh, you got me. I do enjoy writing country song <laughs> titles. Um, boot scootin' rat shootin' son of a gun. That was Josh Earl. <laughs> Fantastic stuff there. Uh, if we if you mess with the balls, you get the horn. That was also the house. Oh, Double yummy. points for the house this time. Wow. So I mean, the correct answer is if you want romance, just unzip my pants. Wow, okay. See, that one didn't seem like the... 
like the meter fit. It doesn't. Yeah. If you want romance, just unzip my pants. If you want romance, just unzip my pants. I shouldn't doesn't really listen to it, but I just couldn't bring myself to. He's on Spotify. That's the nastiest one there, I suppose. <laughs> I would flip it and go, unzip my pants if you want romance. Yeah. That sounds yeah, that's better good. than the other way. God, around. the hit factory is on fire. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah but I, yeah. The, I might uh, have to talk to the Larry Pierce estate and see <laughs> if I can do a remix. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you a bit more about uh, the work of Larry Pierce in a second. But in the meantime, here is question number three. This one comes from Travis Alexander from Gulfport in Mississippi in the United States. What bold but ultimately foolish prediction did English businessman Sir Alan Sugar make in 2005? So I think he, oh, he's, he's sort the, of famous for being on... He's The Apprentice. The Apprentice. Oh, yeah. of course, that guy. He's on The Australian Apprentice too, isn't he? Maybe. He's an English guy, but yeah. I think he's on the... Because... Um, Richard Branson, I think, is the English one. While you're writing your answers, here's more info about Larry Pierce. According to All Music, with song titles like This Girl Makes Me Horny, it is pretty easy to see which direction he is coming from. His sexist, crude humour is absolutely blatant. There is no subtlety or clever jokes involved. Pierce started releasing music in the early 90s, spitting out album after album of sexually explicit country music. Pierce is known as the master of dirty country music and with songs like My Pecker Started Talking Again, Let's Have a Threesome, and achy breaky fart. <laughs> it's hard to argue with that moniker. Uh, so he's he's the Rodney Rude, Kevin Bloody Wilson of America. Yes. Yeah. Every country's got one. So in the UK, <laughs> they've got Roy Chubby Brown, who right. does like I've heard bawdy bawdy kind of rugby songs. Yeah. Yeah. So now Larry Pierce is the American one. Yeah. If you, I mean, look up some of his other songs, but yeah, they're just you know they're, they're who, who, single entendres. Yeah. Was, yes. Was it? Kevin, I can't remember because they mend, meld into one. One of them had a classic song, Santa Claus, yeah, C-Bomb. Uh, yeah, that's... Where's my effing bike? That's Kevin Bloody Wilson, <laughs> yeah. eh? I've opened all this other stuff. That's I remember that one from life. primary school. Yeah, that was yeah. big in our primary school as well. <laughs> Did you mention I'm on Larry Pierce's Spotify now, one of his top played songs? Every time I shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> Do you reckon that's a cut like a parody of Every Time I Cry? Every oh, I really? time I cry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Human nature. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure human nature would be one of his big influences. <laughs> every, every time I share. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's good stuff, Larry. All right. The answers are in for question number three. What bold but ultimately foolish prediction did English businessman Sir Alan Sugar make in 2005? Eating with small cutlery will guarantee weight loss. <laughs> Next Christmas, the iPod will be dead. Finished. Gone. Kaput. <laughs> Razor scooting will be an Olympic sport by 2016. <laughs> Colour TV is a fad. Or I'm unbeatable as a freestyle rapper. I will take on anyone who challenges <laughs> me today and I'll pay them a million pounds if successful. I'll have my checkbook ready, but just quietly, I'm not going to need it. <laughs> He's a rapper. Al okay. Alan Sugar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Sugar Man. Sugar Man, yeah. <laughs> MC Sugar Man. Um, wow. I mean, they're all predictions that have come true, obviously. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the oh, thing, Dave. That you would think so, but these were all proven wrong in the end. Oh, I gonna, I'm going to lock in the Razor Scooter because I, I think in 2005 they were everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I remember grown adults on Razor Scooters mm. and it was a real – this is a weird thing that people got – offended by in 2005 and it was, was adults on razor scooters and women going to work wearing just sneakers and not their dress shoes. Oh, really? People used to get really angry going, look at them, oh, just wear your actual normal <laughs> shoes. It's like, <laughs> look at no, it, it would hurt to wear heels or like Isn't it tight funny? shoes like that. So yeah, wear your and not, not together, no, not scooting with no. with Reeboks on. That's not the problem. It's it, just going to work at the office. Going to work. So you're all dressed up in your work clothes, but then you've got like just some kicks on and people would actually get a – when I started comedy around that time, people would use that as a – Bring it up. A very easy kind of let's get the audience on side. How fucking dumb are these people who do this? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I was like, they're just comfortable. Like it's fine, <laughs> isn't it? Was it? A, it was a weird time because I also remember you um, – you, you basically couldn't have a, a facial hair at a lot of workplaces. Yeah. Like now it just it seems so silly now. Like you, you just do whatever you like. 
Having two a, day growth or whatever to yeah. a full beard or a weird mustache. Having, no a, one blinks having a mustache was the weirdest thing to do <laughs> yeah, it was in so the weird. 2000s. It was, like it was real, seen as being either you'd lost your mind or you're yeah. being very funny. There was a singer. Very funny. There was a singer called Harma Superstar. I don't know if you remember yeah, Harma Superstar. Yeah. He looked a little bit like Ron Jeremy, the uh, very bad man. And, uh, but. Wait. Has Ron been cancelled? Yeah, yeah, real bad. <laughs> He's in jail for life. Is he really? Real bad. Uh, but <laughs> no, Ron. <laughs> what a way to find out. Harma Superstar was just, a, he had a great voice and put on a great show, but he was just a, somewhat of a rotund short man with a moustache <laughs> and was like, check out how crazy this guy looks. I'm like, I don't think, he, like, apart from the moustache, I think he just looks like a normal person in society. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, there is a paragraph. On his page as well, sexual assault allegations. Hamar or Ron Hama. Jeremy? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, maybe. Maybe the, the mustache yeah, thing. That's not a good sign. Not a good sign. Uh, I'm thinking back to that era. I'm thinking iPods were pretty big still. Yeah. Still had a couple of years in them. I reckon he's going to say, I think it's the iPod that he's rallying against. And maybe right. Sugar's back to the I River or something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The I River. That's a blast from the past. An MP3 player. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's go through who wrote the answers. Uh, eating with small cutlery will guarantee weight loss. That was written by Josh Earl. That's good. Do you know he actually said that? No. Oh, that? That is a real fact that he lost all this weight and he was on Graham Norton and they asked, how did you do that? that? And he is... goes, oh, I ate with – because he said it takes longer. So by the time the food goes to your stomach, you're, you're still eating You're full, so you don't need to eat the rest of your plate. That is very funny. Great. How and he was being serious? Being serious. How small are we talking about? Is it like b- 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 Barbie-sized cutlery, like, like the size of pins and Depends how committed you are to losing weight, Dave. That is amazing. You just get frustrated and give up. Then we had Colour TV is a fad. That was written by Dave Warnke, <laughs> 2004. That's also the most ridiculous thing I could think of. Uh, the one about being a freestyle rapper. That was the house. Oh, wow. I wanted it to be true. Uh, razor scooting being an Olympic sport. That was also the house. Oh. I mean, the correct answer was next Christmas, the iPod will be dead. Finish, gone, kaput. Well and done. I think it was a couple of Christmases later, but you know. <laughs> yeah. I made it. Yeah. So it trickled on a little bit longer yeah. than that. Um, so that's one point to Dave and another point to the house. Quick score update. We've got Josh yet to score. No. Dave Warnick on two points, but out in front of the house on four points. Still Ooh. anyone's game. That's good. Is that true? Yeah, of course. Okay, great. We're only up to question four. We haven't even hit the halfway mark yet. Okay. And don't forget, the final round is worth triple points. Oh, I love this. <laughs> you got to come back. Basically meaning you're never out of the game. Yeah, I love having a final round. That just means the other rounds don't mean anything. It's great. <laughs> yeah, okay. Just cruise. So question four comes from Tina Coleman from London uh, in the United Kingdom. Which of these is a real species of beetle? Just got to make up a beetle species. And while you're writing your answers, here is a little more info about the sugar and his bold prediction. <laughs> I don't know why I called him the sugar, but I like it. In the end, he was proven wrong by... A mere 16 years. The iPod <laughs> was only discontinued in 2022, which surprised me. That's, yeah. I've been joking. On our Do Go On podcast, I often joke, oh, people will be yelling at their iPods there. And it, I thought it was a joke, but I'd get tweets occasionally like, no one uses iPods anymore. Like, oh, I was, I don't know. It wasn't, I mean, it's not a good joke, but I just was saying a silly thing. Yeah. And then I found out that it was discontinued. I honestly thought they'd been discontinued 10 years ago. But, yeah. you know, with the iPhone would have thought that kind of did you have an ipod i i think our family did okay (laughs) the family ipod can i use it tomorrow yeah (laughs) so i had an ipod i love i love my ipod i grew up a long time ago (laughs) the communal ipod we all sat around the ipod of an evening i didn't have the first generation ipod but i had the one which was like the swirly wheel like you just touch wheel and it felt really good i used to i love my ipod that was the key to it right that's the swirly wheel and then it just stopped uh working in my left the left channel and okay. that was the end of me walking with and then i got a phone and went oh i can just store them on this yeah, <laughs> yeah. phones were a real game changer yeah watches were gone for me i haven't worn a watch since phones were, <laughs> since i started having a phone See, i only wear a watch because it to count my daily steps oh yeah which i'm on how many on come on hit me hit, not hit many 10, not many it's 210 i'm on 3300 pitiful it is really bad <laughs> Really bad. <laughs> I only break because I mine accounted by my phone being in my pocket. Yeah. Yesterday, seventeen thousand. Oh, that's good. The highlight of my year so far. That's a big. Day. Well, the, the highest step count, which is not the highlight of my year. <laughs> Ma- so Monday, I got to twenty two thousand. Wow, were you doing anything? I, I played basketball. 
and wore it when I played basketball. Yeah, great. Yeah, uh. so but I also did other stuff. It wasn't just twenty two thousand steps in a basketball game. <laughs> so yeah, it, it ended up selling four hundred fifty million units. So a little bit more successful than he thought. Also, I do like the fact that he was like, he would have been like sixty, saying, "The iPod is a fad." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I know what's cool. Yeah, yeah. Is, why would you put yourself on the line like that? And according okay. to Travis, the question writer, another notable time when someone has been wrong about new inventions was in 1878 when Sir William Priest, the chief engineer of the post office, said, The Americans have the need for the telephone, but we, the British, do not. We have plenty of messenger boys. <laughs> we love our messenger boys. He just boys. thought messenger boys would... I, I haven't been to England in a while. I don't know if he was right or not about that one. <laughs> I know a lot of people who don't like their phone now, don't want to be contacted by a phone. But they're happy to be contacted by a messenger boy? Well, by email and stuff. They're like, uh, email yeah. to me, don't call me. I, I don't mind being called on the phone. I don't like talking on for too long. But yes. I, I don't get anxiety if someone calls me out. But I, I've heard of people getting real anxiety when they get interrupted by a phone call. Yeah. I feel like that, like I reckon you're you're on the cusp of Gen X and millennial, right? I'm millennial. So I'm 81. I'm the oldest you can be as a millennial. Yeah. So I yeah. think you, that's, you'd have some of those Gen X traits and that might be yes. one of them. Well, because I grew up in Tassie as well and we were like three years behind everywhere else in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a Tassie Gen X. Yeah. <laughs> All right, your answer in. Here's question number four. Which of these is a real species of beetle? Paulus McCartneyus, <laughs> the six-toed butler, Jelly Belly, Treacle Beetle, or the Bug Lebowski? The Bug Lebowski. I am wondering which it could be. Obviously, that's a question. <laughs> but more than usual because I remember I used to have one of those one year for Christmas, I got one of those fact-a-day Ripley's Believe It or Not calendars. Yep. And one of them was there are over 450,000 species of beetle, which is ridiculous. Yeah, but it's good for this show. I'm not going <laughs> to run out of <laughs> questions. But of those, I mean, could there be more than one? So are you saying you it's, it's, hard, it's harder for us to come up with a beetle that doesn't exist? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, everything's been taken. Does, yeah, yeah, come and think about it. Because I'm thinking, I know it's a, a funny thing, Paulus McCartneyus, but they do name bugs after, like I know Frank Zappa's got some animals named after him. Right. And, yeah, so I, it wouldn't put it past me. I've actually got a quoll named after me. No. Yeah. That's a quoll. Awesome. Yeah. I love quolls. Quolls are good. So there, there's a um, not oh, a, no, a rescue centre. Oh, no, I just looked up the quolls Wikipedia. There's a paragraph oh, no, called the- Salt <laughs> Allegations. <laughs> uh, but they, uh, there's like a rescue centre for uh, quolls and other kind of wildlife. I think it's up in Hillsville, and uh, they name all their quolls starting with SQ. Like, and so one of them listened to my podcast and so they called the new call that came in Squash Earl. <laughs> Squash. <laughs> yeah. And so it was named after me, which was quite quite an honour. Oh, probably, that's amazing. Have you had a cool photo with ever. Squash? You met Squash? No, I didn't go and meet Squash. I should have went up. I should have driven up there. I've got friends there, live there. But, yeah. I didn't, Squash I didn't Earl. See Squash Earl. I mean, that says something about you that it's no big deal. Well, there's also a monkey named Josh Earl <laughs> in a zoo in San Diego. And when I say zoo... That is a very loose. Oh, American term. zoos can yeah. be all sorts of things. Just a, a weird one cage on the side weird, of the road. Uh, and I was trying to investigate why it's called Josh Earl, and they banned me from the Facebook page. And so <laughs> you I get asked, it. You, that means you're onto something. Yeah. Well, I asked all my followers to hey ask about Josh Earl, and so many of them were getting banned and getting their stuff removed. Really? And then the, uh, they came out and said, "Oh, we just liked the name. We thought it was a cute name." I'm like, it. Can't be that simple because no, why, why are you banning me from yeah. asking about? Yeah, you are onto yeah. the truth. Yeah, I reckon that's the kind of thing that goes all the way to the top, yeah. I reckon. Oh, the president? Yeah, I think yeah. Biden might be Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a chance that the qual people listening to this podcast? I hope so. I'd love to put forward Squat Stewart. Squave Warnicky. Squat is a beautiful name <laughs> for a poor girl. Not Squat. Squat. Not squat. Papa Squat. <laughs> Uh, so you're leaning that way? I think Paulus McCartney is. Paulus McCartney. That's a good good way to lean because, yeah, you're right, they do, especially with the scientific names. It was yeah. probably called something else like the red, you know, tree beetle or something, but the technical name is the Paulus McCartney is because, you know, scientists can have fun too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what were some of the other ones? Treacle? Uh, six-toed butler, jelly belly, treacle beetle, bug Lebowski. Oh, this is so difficult. Let's go to the treacle. Treacle beetle. Treacle beetle. Because right, it almost works. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that science are famous for, <laughs> nearly working. <laughs> All right, let's go through who wrote the answers. The six-toe butler. That was Dave Warnicke. Yeah, nice. The six-toe butler. 
That's a, that's good fun. Uh, the Bug Lebowski, that was the house. Uh, Treacle Beetle, that was Josh Earl. Oh, well done. Uh, well done. on the board. He got me. He got me. Paulus McCartneyus, that was the house. Oh. In particular, Tina, the question writer, came up with that one. The correct answer was Jelly Belly. Jelly Belly. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Jelly Belly Beetle. Yeah, it's, it's cute, but it's also it's funny because it, it's a relatively recently discovered genus. Jelly spelt G-E-L-A-A, but they're all jelly puns. So there's one called Jellyfish, one called Jelly Bean, one called Jelly Roll, one called Jelly Donut. So there's a whole a bunch of them, but yeah. <laughs> jelly Donut. But Jelly Belly, bit of fun. <laughs> they, should, they should call one Jelly Guy, like the John Lennon song Jealous Guy. <laughs> And have that beetle. Kind I was a of bit thing. jelly. Oh, yeah. I feel a bit jelly. <laughs> I'm just a jelly guy. <laughs> I'm just a jelly guy. <laughs> that is fun. It's like that's like uh, what's that real estate agent? Jealous Craig. Jealous Craig is so funny. <laughs> I know Jealous Craig because our house burnt down when we were renting with Jealous Craig. Oh not gosh. our fault. And we were on holiday, and no one told us our house had burnt down. What? <laughs> We came back on (laughs) the 2nd of January and we got the red eye from Perth, landed and couldn't get in the house and then looked back because it was like 5 in the morning and, like, we just couldn't see properly and realised that the whole roof of the house was charred. What? And so eventually went to my wife's sister's house and the next morning rang up the real estate and said, oh, we're on holidays and then we – We'll, we'll deal with it. And they said, do you have a house living? We're like, well, we're kind of staying with friends. Oh, great. And then just hung up. It was like, and then the woman from Jealous Craig, I remember her name, Kathy Dangolf was her name. Great name. Always remember. And we were out the front getting stuff out and just kind of tidying up. And she drove past in her car and I just heard her go, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and it was very funny. And then they wouldn't let us in the house. Because they said it wasn't safe. And then when we finally went in, all the meat in our freezer had gone rancid and it was oh. the grossest thing I've ever seen. Oh, you would I've have hoped it would have been life. nicely cooked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but did you lose all your stuff? Yeah, we did. Oh, oh my God. Was this? We didn't lose How all have I not stuff. heard about we this? Lost, like, I lost, you still had your meat. I, I lost a guitar. didn't get there. Our fridge was fine. Not uh, the mini maiden. No, that's that. So I bought that. So we luckily we had insurance and so we got money back for it. But we – and – the fire officers must have been musicians because they put all my music gear, like pedals and stuff, in the middle of the room, put a blanket over it, and then just watered everything else. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, so, they're like, save the pedals. Yeah. We've got to save the big muff. It really was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the other thing was, um, so the neighbour, so it happened during the day on New Year's Eve, like the wiring just blew up in the house and went all through the roof. And so the house was, the roof was on fire and the rooms had a bit of damage, not too much. But it was – so this was 2008 and Melbourne was going through big water restrictions and our neighbour um, across the road kept on yelling at them saying, stop using all that water. We're, we're in a drought. You oh can't use all that water. Fuck. And apparently the fire officer was like, if we don't use water, your house is going up next. What do you want us to do? It's your choice. <laughs> that and, uh, yeah. is bizarre. Isn't yeah. that wild? Yeah. It's so – I think that just sums up Australian mentality so yeah. well. There's a rule at the moment. <laughs> I don't care if people die. We will not break the rule. There's only 110 litres per person. Yeah. I think we've used it. <laughs> Get your buckets out of your shower and help. <laughs> but that is safe. amazing. Whoa. Yeah, you all survived. We all survived. Uh, well, <laughs> that is wild. I don't think we can top that with any of these uh, silly questions coming up, but this one comes from Eddie Duffy from Greenville in South Carolina and Suzanne Rofe from Perth, Western Australia. Both ask the same question, which is, in Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, Obi-Wan Kenobi encounters a drug dealer in a bar. What was their name? They both come up with this question. (laughs) Sorry, what? (laughs) Yeah, they separately asked this question. (laughs) Isn't that wild? That's amazing. It's got to be a great name. Yeah. (laughs) Out of all the Star Wars names, (laughs) that's the one that's stuck out to them. Yeah, it's, you know, just a tiny little role. Like, a yeah, I think he had one line or whatever. So you just got to come up with a fake name for... The drug dealer in Star Wars. <laughs> While you're right, your answers will go for a quick break. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. All right, the answers are in. So here's question number five. In Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, Obi-Wan Kenobi encounters a drug dealer in a bar. What was their name? Pony Dubious? <laughs> Elon Sleaze Bagano, Tommy Weed, <laughs> Chuffy Pot Conzo, <laughs> or Sploot Magoots. <laughs> one more time. One more time if you can get them out. Yeah. Uh, Pony Dubious, Elon Sleaze Bagano, Tommy Weed, Chuffy Pot Conzo, or Sploot Magoots. <laughs> I mean, out of all those names, which is the one that multiple people go, I've got to put that into the show. Yeah, yeah, I mean, right. for me, it's got to be Split McGoose. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a great name. You're going, well, I'm pausing the DVD, I'm on whatever <laughs> streaming, and I'm writing that into the show yeah. right now. Is this when, who, who oh, I've just gone blank on the guy who wrote Star Wars. Was George he, Lucas. George Lucas. Is he still writing episode two? He wrote, yeah, the, I think he it, wrote one, two, three, four, five, six, right? And then I think so, JJ yeah. Abrams took over. Yes. Yeah. So he loved so Jar Jar Binks is one of his characters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> and I I don't remember the scene where Ewan is McGregor it? as Obi Wan is nah, <laughs> going on a, you know, scoring Obi-Wan and Split. I want, you know how they've done like the spin off ones? So there's yeah. been Solo. I want Sploot. <laughs> Sploot Magoots. Yeah. A Star Wars story. Just drug running or yeah. something. Yeah, that'd be great. Sploot Magoots. <laughs> I think apparently Obi-Wan used his mind trick to put him on the straight and narrow. Ah. So, I will not. I will stop dealing crystal. Yeah, now. yeah. But it didn't last and he ended up falling back in old ways. Oh, Sploot. Because yeah, there would be there must be a, a book about it or something because I don't think all that happened in the movie. I don't know. I have seen oh. it. but So you're going Sploot Magoots, Dave? Sploot Magoots. Can't say no to that. <laughs> so I'm going to go Tommy Weed. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's got to be something It's got to be something that punches you in the face and well, you go, also, what the fuck? Also something that if it not, wasn't in the show, like it was just a side character, it's like, oh, who was that? I reckon the guy who played it, his name was Tommy, and he sold, like, they're like, he's the weed seller. Oh, Tommy, Tommy Weed. And then people have just found it on IMDb and lost their yeah. minds yeah. later. All right. Those answers are locked in. Here's who wrote the answers Pony Dubious, that was written by the house, in particular, Suzanne. Uh, Chuffy Pot Conzo, that was also the house. Chuffy Pot Conzo. Tommy Weed, which Josh went for, that was Dave Warnicky. Oh, <laughs> Point for Dave. And Sploot Magoots, Dave, that was Josh. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's got to be that. I mean, the, real, the real one is Elon Slee's Bagano. Oh, okay. So it's sort honestly, of not I think too much different for Tommy Weed. <laughs> no, I think, really I think is, yeah. honestly, we're all better artists than George Lucas. <laughs> we're all better. So that means one point to Josh, one point to Dave. All right, so a score update. After five rounds, we have Josh on two points. He's on a hot streak now. That's two in a row. You've got Can a I be referred to as Sploot Magoots? <laughs> <laughs> Sploot's on two. <laughs> uh, uh, Tommy Weed is on three points. <laughs> Uh, leaving, <laughs> leaving Chuffy Pot Conzo and <laughs> the lead on five points. Oh, it's getting close. It is tight. So really anyone's game with two rounds to go. Question number six comes from Roger H. Flores third. Wow. From Austin, Texas. Uh, and Roger said, keep Austin weird, <laughs> which is a, it's like their That's state slogan. And I always forget what it is. So I'll often say, I think he said it. So he's sort of correcting me because I always say, Stay weird, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> and I imagine when I say that, Austin people probably yell at their iPods. <laughs> Until uh, 2022. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so question number six from Roger is, what happened in Pappsville, Illinois, in July of 1832? Some sort of historical event happened in Pappsville, Illinois, in July 1832. While you're writing those answers, let me tell you more about Sleaze Bagano from Wikipedia. Always searching for credits, Sleaze Bagano made his living selling death sticks to patrons of the Outlander Club and other hotspots in the underlevels of Coruscant, targeting both desperate addicts and unwise thrill seekers. But he was weak-minded and Obi-Wan Kenobi performed a mind trick on him and convinced him to not sell death sticks to the Jedi Knight and to go home and rethink his life. According to Suzanne, the guy who portrayed him 
was Sydney actor Matt Doran, who spent several years on Home and Away and yeah. Water Rats before achieving his most high-profile roles in Star Wars 2 and The Matrix. Yeah, he's in The Matrix. I remember that, yeah. Because right. it was that thing, of The Matrix was filmed in Sydney, and so it was weird seeing, like, this kind of... What it wasn't was it future or was it just a different yeah but seeing Westpac's buildings and going oh that's Sydney yeah <laughs> and yeah there was a few Home and Away stars because Matt Doran on Home and Away dated Selena the person who played Selena they were a couple on the show right it's not the same Matt Doran that's on Sunrise it's, it's not that no guy. that's that's the guy who didn't listen to uh, Adele's <laughs> album and then went and yeah. interviewed her oh, and then they didn't release the footage because oh, <laughs> they were offended that he didn't bother listening to the album but he also made the news recently because he was like can we I'm over Harry Styles he's too sexual my wife wants to go <laughs> it's like what <laughs> Matt what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to unpack yeah. there, Matt. That's why. Yeah, he goes, do we need all the hip thrusting? We don't need that, do we? It's like. How old's Matt, this guy? In his mid-30s, I'd say. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's not like 80 years old. <laughs> okay, I just looked up sleazebaggiest, the Matt, Matt Doran. Matt, have you seen a photo of what he looks like? His hair looks like he's, he's gelled up, so it looks like he's like a some sort of bug man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bit of a jelly belly. Oh, yeah. That's a split McGirt. <laughs> that is, that, they'd be kicking themselves. <laughs> if George is listening, can he have split McGoot for a future project? So I got my wires crossed about who, I think he, yes, he was in the Matrix as well, but I don't think he was with Selena on Home and Away, but I do know he lived with Pippa. He was a okay. foster kid of Pippa. <laughs> okay. It's important that you get that out, the record, I just don't want the Matt Doran fans <laughs> coming for me. I've dealt with the Bay High before. I don't want the Doran heads. <laughs> All right. Answers are in for question number six. What happened in Pappsville, Illinois in July 1832? A comet hit a horse. <laughs> the first game of test cricket was played accidentally when a robber hit away rocks being thrown at him by police. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln gave his first political speech. A fight broke out in the crowd and Lincoln reportedly threw a man 12 feet. A small child stole King William's top hat leading to the boy's arrest and a life sentence in prison, or a meteor landed on a Presbyterian church and Papsville have never built another Presbyterian church. Wow, a meteor and a comet. Ooh. Mm. And only one of those uh, lands on Earth, and I don't know if that's... Um, the comet or the meteor? I don't know. I, I'm not sure, but I think one of them circles. There is one, and yeah. And one of them... As soon as, when it enters the atmosphere, it becomes the other, is that right? I thought I, for a second there, if there was no follow-up questions, I would have... Oh, been yeah, go, go, go. I <laughs> Comet hits the northern hemisphere, meteor hits the south. Yes, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we call it down under. It's yeah. a hurricane cyclone yeah. scenario. Yeah. So we're done under. Um, fantastic, all of these. Throwing a, throwing a person 12 foot. I mean, I know Abe Lincoln was a very tall man. He's a big man. And a, and a wrestler, I think. Was he? Yeah. Was he a wrestler? I think so. I think he's in the Wrestling Hall of Fame. <laughs> Along with Mankind and the big show. <laughs> How? Um, um, what year was this again? 1832. So that means Trump is the second president of America to be in the WWE Hall of Fame because Trump's in there. Really? Yeah, because he used to do stuff with Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah, that's that, right. Because they started that football league together, the XFL. Oh, right. Yeah, I think Trump was involved. No kidding. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> and where did this take place? I love Pattsville. American culture. Pattsville. Illinois. Illinois. So the K King William. King William, yeah. And his hat stolen. Yeah, so I guess he was yeah, on a Some of these royal are, trip. I'd like, they're very close in, like, Abe, known for his big hat. <laughs> Someone got a hat style on. Meteor, Comet. <laughs> yeah. And what was the other one? When, like, when, when you hear 1832, I think <laughs> hats <laughs> and comets. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other one was the test, first game of Test Cricket. Oh, no. Played in Papsville, Illinois. Papsville. Famously American game. And I actually, in, I, I think there'd been cricket games before that. No? Probably, yeah. And also, why is it cricket and not baseball? <laughs> well, the English... Oh, this guy's playing cricket. The English were going over there. So the English... Yeah, okay. yeah. I don't think that the uh, the king had anything left to do with England. No. With America by 1832. They were well gone by then. Um, though Abe, I reckon four score and seven years ago. That's what he said. Okay. Four score and seven years ago. Yes. So he's about, what is that? Eighteen <laughs> fifty. So this is before that. I reckon. Oh, wow. I reckon. Oh, so it's before Abe. You're saying Abe's. I think it's before he was president. It doesn't say that he was president, does it? No, no. Like his he first political been, speech would have been going around. This would have got him votes if you can throw a guy twelve <laughs> feet. And also, it's it's that thing of like, see, my, 
My dad likes to tell that he was he watched ACDC at the Bernie Civic Centre in 1976. Yep. And I remember as a kid he used to say, such and such saw ACDC. I didn't see it. But now in 2023 he was there in front row. Yeah, that's yeah awesome. And just gotcha. stories get bigger. So I think over the years I probably threw him like 12 inches. <laughs> That's a good and throw for a full human. Yeah, and now it's gone up to twelve. I'm gonna, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna say Abe. Lucky and Abe. Yep. That I love that votes. Dave knows what four score and whatever that. You remember thing that, that's his first? Big, I remember the word. Gettysburg had, Address four score and seven years ago, which is eighty-seven years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Right. And what happened eighty-seven years ago? I think they're talking about the 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 person throwing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> eighty-seven years ago, I threw. I think they're talking about getting independence. So you know Gettysburg Address. When was that? You both know the independence date and what four score means. I'm just impressed by all that work you've done. Yeah, I think that the independence is late 1770s, 1780s. So he's president 80 years later. He's not doing speeches for 30 years because he died fairly young. I'm going to say the meteorite one. Uh, Presbyterian Church? No. Or the horse. No, because I think you're right. The comet is when it's circling. Yeah, but did they know that in 1832? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. Uh, all right, well, let's go through who wrote the answers. A comet hit a horse. That was Dave Warnicke. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> was as soon as I, I'm like, I normally shouldn't be pulling apart the logic of the guests. But I've got to tell you. Regretted me, that instantly. The phrase, a comet hit a horse is funnier than a meteor hit a horse. Yes. And <laughs> I, so it did make me laugh. And I'm like, that's it wouldn't be funny if it really happened. <laughs> But would they be talking about it like 200 years later? Mm, I would be. <laughs> Remember that time a comet hit a horse? Uh, the first game of test cricket was played accidentally. That was written by the house. I should say that I uh, panicked because I'd forgotten to put in the house answers for this. Oh, so you so I wrote and I forgot that it was in America. So <laughs> my <laughs> other and the other house one was a small child stole King William's top hat. Uh, that was written by me and Roger, the question writer. But he wrote it about his fake answer all about Lincoln. Yeah. And I changed it to King William again, forgetting I was in America. <laughs> so my two ones were instantly ruled out. Anyway, happy with that. Um, then we had a meteor landed in a Presbyterian church. That was written by Josh Earl. So Dave. You gave me another point, Dave. Oh, oh well, you both. We worked with Common and Horse. Yeah. So it's, it's Abraham Lincoln. So Abraham Lincoln gave his there first political go. speech. Two points for Josh Earl. Gosh, Sorry, two points for Scoots Magoots. <laughs> Ever since I've changed my name, life's been looking up. You're on, oh, you are on fire. You're amazing. I tell the kids when I get home, hey, guys, your surname's now Magoots. So <laughs> it was his first ever political speech and it was years, he didn't win that. And it was just for a local election or something. He didn't win that election. Oh, and gotcha. then years later he ended up being the president. So he was quite young as well, I think early 20s. It was a weird time when... And it happens in political life today that tall people seem to do better. People will look up to them both, like, metaphorically and physically, <laughs> going, oh, I do want to, like, Goth Whitlam was a tall man. Right. I trust yeah. this big man. Yeah. Uh, quick score update going into the final round. Dave on three points. Sorry. Uh, Tommy Weed. <laughs> Tommy Weed on three points. <laughs> Thank you. Chuff, chuff. S- Scoot Magoots on four points. Ooh. But out in front still is Conzo. <laughs> Conzi uh, on five points. So three, four, five. Only two points separating everyone, and it's triple points in the final round. So genuinely. Anyone's game. Anyone's game. (laughs) And the final question comes from Luke Perlberg from New York. And Luke's question is, what is the synopsis for the 2019 film In Fabric? What is the synopsis for the 2019 film In Fabric? While your answers are being written, here's some more info about Lincoln's strength. According to Roger, Abraham Lincoln was no stranger to fighting. When Lincoln was a teenager, he moved to New Salem, Illinois, where he bet a gang member named Jack Armstrong $10 that he could find someone that could beat him in a fight. When the day finally came, Lincoln didn't have anyone to fight Armstrong, so he decided to do it himself. Resident Daniel Green Burner described it like this. They went at it, and Lincoln just fooled with Armstrong until he had tied him completely out. Then he swung his long leg over Armstrong's neck and made Armstrong run around holding him up in that position. Can't picture what that means. Jack finally begged off, admitting he was beaten and offered Lincoln the $10, which Lincoln refused to take. The two were ever afterwards warm friends. I read another version of the story where it was a draw. So very different (laughs) results. According to Yahoo, Lincoln also got physical at his first political speech ever at Papsville, which was what we're just talking about. A fight broke out in the crowd and Lincoln saw a friend about to get pummeled wrote historian David Herbert Donald. Quitting the platform, he strode into the audience, seized the accident by the neck and the seat of his trousers, 
and as one witness remembered, threw him 12 feet away. At six foot four inches and 214 pounds, he was strong enough to intimidate any rival. Yeah. And that, like, that's that's a big man now. Back then, that would have been, like... Huge. Bending in every doorway. <laughs> yep. Couldn't find jeans that fit him. Would have been a nightmare. Very hard to find jeans back in the 1820s. He had to, in, <laughs> the <laughs> had to shop where the big men buy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Answers are in. Here's the final question. Anyone's game. It's all on the line, Josh. It's time to take it seriously, okay? Okay. Okay. (laughs) I know we've been mucking around a bit. (laughs) All right. Scoots magoots. (laughs) Game face on. So the question is, what is the synopsis for the 2019 film In Fabric? A group of ex-nudists struggle to re-enter clothes society. How should they go about it? Just like everyone else, putting on their pants one leg at a time. (laughs) A horror movie which follows the life of a cursed dress as it passes from person to person with devastating consequences for those who wear it. Like the sisterhood of the travelling pants. <laughs> except bad. <laughs> Great film. Uh, a delicatessen manager loses their mind when his workers defy him and start to wear fabric aprons. He begins to take revenge, one worker and one meat grinder at a time. A mummy comes to life and joins a high school lacrosse team. He learns that life at the top of the pyramid has its disadvantages. <laughs> <laughs> or Rick Martin is a down-on-his-luck fashion designer whose life gets turned upside down when a mysterious millionaire gives him everything he needs to make it in New York Fashion Week. Before he knows it, he's in, he's fab, he's Rick. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. <laughs> that is great. That is uh, very that funny Rick? stuff. He's Rick. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got the. So the we should have asked how In Fabric is spelled for the actual film. Is it R I C K? I think Americans can spell because it's short for Richard. So yeah, they, they you're right. Actually, yeah. sometimes people go to Rick with just the C. <laughs> yeah. The guy from the cars, Rick Ossesek, I think. I don't know how to say Ossesek, but Rick is spelled R I C. Okay. In the USA. Yeah. R-I-C-K. No, that's a different thing. Yeah. R-O-C-K. <laughs> R-I-C in the US. All right. So just a quick recap. You had the ex-nudists, the cursed dress, delicatessen manager, mummy joining the high school lacrosse team, <laughs> or he's in, he's fab, he's Rick. <laughs> I mean, I want to back them all as a producer. They're all great. Love them all. Great pictures. Fantastic. I'm leaning towards the dress. So am I. The horror films. Which doesn't make it exciting at the end. No, in fabric. In fabric. If you go dress, I'm going to go, he's he's rich, he's fab. He's (laughs) He's rich. rich. (laughs) In fabric. Um, Oh, yeah, I think I I will go dress. Dress? You can go for the same one as well. No, that's not not exciting. I'll go. I'll go. Fab, Rick, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Dave's locking in the, the cursed dress. It just feels like uh, a horror movie to me. And Josh, locking it in? Yes, lock in. Fab, Rick. All right. Here's who wrote the answers. The group of ex-nudists struggling to re-enter clothes society. That was the house. A delicatessen manager losing their mind and uh, <laughs> because of the fabric aprons. And he kills them with the meat grinder. That was Dave Warnicke. That's right. The twisted mind of Dave Warnicke. Dave Warnicke joined. (laughs) The mummy joining the lacrosse team. Uh, That was Josh Earl. (laughs) The top of the pyramid is so good. Life at the top of the pyramid has its disadvantages. That's so good. Oh, leaving it down, there's two left here. That's right. So one of you is correct. Oh, Fab or Rick. Uh, he's in, his fab is Rick. That was Luke, okay, the house. <laughs> Thank you, Luke. You win, Luke. Yes, three points for Luke. Meaning the correct answer was what Dave went for, a horror movie which follows the <laughs> secret curse life of the travelling pants. <laughs> it really is the horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> Just quickly, In Fabric was well received by critics, scoring 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Although the audience wasn't into it so much, only getting 52%. I talked about Rotten Tomatoes on my podcast the other day and there's a whole bunch of only got 1%. One of them is uh, Paulie Shaw's Biodome. Really? It's better than a 1%. Yeah, but another one, I can't remember what it's called, but the tagline, I remember this, it just was, a gay ghost? (laughs) (laughs) 
And it's got 1%. 1%. Apparently it's a, a, a Nazi comes back and falls in love with the person living in the house. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'm, I'm in. Tagline is a gay ghost. <laughs> I'm in. I'm Rick. <laughs> uh, writing for Roger Ebert, Simon Abrams gave the film three and a half out of four stars saying... Director Peter Strickland frequently tests viewers' patience, but his off-putting sensibility is powerful enough to make In Fabric as mesmerising as its subject. Salesmanship as a sinister, inescapable form of hypnosis. It's got a beautiful message as well. <laughs> Salesmanship. All right, so the final scores are in. Uh, in third place, on four points, it's Scoots Magoots. Top three. Moral victory. Yeah. Moral victory. Yeah, that's right, because if you... I would have went with the with the. And if right you did answer. that, you would have won. That's fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm happy just to play and have a new name. I was just quietly trying to <laughs> nudge you. Are you sure you don't... <laughs> you can have the same one. You can also have the right answer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's not as exciting for the listeners. It's the, the one that you're saying is right. You should go for the one. I then started thinking... This is a double bluff. This is a Josh Earl tactic. <laughs> this is his answer. He's like, I definitely would have gone for that one too. That would have been incredible. Been great. Stuff. I started overthinking. I should be on Survivor. Now, Josh, you are uh, doing a show at upcoming festivals? Uh, I, If you're in Melbourne, I'm doing a kid show called Humankind and it's for kids aged between five and nine. If you've got a kid who's four who's cool and you think they can sit still for 50 minutes, bring them along. That's fine. If you've got a kid who's 10 who also still likes Bluey, Bring them along. They'll like it as well. But I just say five to nine to make it easier. It's a really nice show. It's a really sweet show. It's um, fun for both the adults in the room and the kids in the room. Um, and, yeah, it's good to watch as a family. Don't just put your kid down the front and you sit at the back and be on your phone. Not into that. <laughs> uh, also, I'm doing some podcasts, live podcasts. I have uh, five uh, Don't You Know Who I Am, which is my old podcast, the quiz podcast, four of them at um, European Beer Cafe, which will be called Morris House Saturdays at 3 p.m. And then I've got one at the Festival Club, Tuesday on April 18. Plus, I'm doing my other podcast, Hums and Hits Volume Pod. We're doing the best of the best of 97. Whoa, good year. Yeah. So that is uh, a whole bunch of performers from the festival are doing the songs from the album. So we've got people like Michelle Brazier, Gabby Bolt, uh, Gillian Cosgriff, Geraldine Quinn. Uh, awesome. It's going to be fun doing songs like Mbop by Hanson or uh, – <laughs> Jewel, uh, save your like, yeah, it's, it's going to be lots that's and lots gonna of fun. That's going to be sick. So that, and that's at the high five, at the uh, Max Watts, Max Watts yep. April 4. So Tuesday night, it's a late one, but it's festival. So oh, come I'll, out and have I'll some I'll be fun. there for that for sure. So, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks. Tickets are all at joshell.com.au. There you go. Sick. Uh, in second place on six points was Dave Warnick. You're doing your first solo show, festival show in years. Many years. I'm back, baby. Please come and see me at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. My show is called Even Hotter in Real Life, and it's at the Campari House on Hardware Lane. I'm doing the first two weeks, so there's 14 shows at the very specific time of 6.35 p.m. Mm, nice. Not a minute before, not a minute after. Don't be late. <laughs> I think it's a shame that it's too late to rename it Tommy Weed. <laughs> Tommy Weed in. <laughs> Your podcast, Dave, Book Cheat is... Still rocking, still rolling. If you uh, want to get in touch with some classic books without having to bother reading it, there's about 86 episodes out now on things like Jane Austen, Charles Dickens, Shakespeare, Hemingway, stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, me and a couple of guests, which both of you have been on multiple times, we riff about books. And by the end of it, you get the gist of what it's about. <laughs> I did an episode two episodes about Wuthering Heights and it came in handy just recently because no. people were talking about Wuthering Heights and I knew what they were talking about, not just because of the Kate Bush song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And your podcast, of course, is uh, still going strong. Yes, 100% Hits Volume Pod. So it's out every single Thursday wherever you get your podcasts from. Episode this week with uh, Jess McGuire and I've uh, had other previous guests like uh, Will Anderson. Both you two have been on there. Um, who else has been on there? Bob Evans from the band Jebediah. Angie Hart from Frente. It's, it's really – it's it's really um right in my wheelhouse and it's a it's a, it's just a fun journey through the years of music popular yeah. music in in a, well in all, australia all but the they're world, from but around like, the world yeah, yeah. but yeah it's australian compilations but they've got like internationals on there uh and that means uh, uncomfortably out in front on eight points it's the house well done well done house a rare victory uh and i'll be doing my show ding at the melbourne international comedy festival at the chinese museum at 6 30 I've just beaten Dave in there. Oh, so no, you can't yeah, make no. both. Although, you can, if you're running late for Matt's show, just yeah, go to Dave's yeah, show. Yeah, go. Honestly, you can flash Matt's ticket at the door and I will let you in. <laughs> <laughs> you I'm also doing this show live, this podcast live, at 
the same venue as uh, Josh is on the podcast there. What's it called there? It's called Morris House. Morris House, uh, formerly the European Beer Cafe, on the 9th of April. I'm also doing it at the Brisbane Comedy Festival on May 14th. Grab tickets now by mattstewartcomedy.com. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, both of you. I think uh, I think uh, you'll both agree this was a fantastic episode. An amazing episode. <laughs> Thank you so much. One for the ages. <laughs> Cheers for tuning in to Who Knew with Matt Stewart. Now that you know it, I've been Matt Stewart. Goodbye. <laughs>Do we know Albanese's height? Not that, not that big. But I think Albanese is a a, a respite from the old one. We're like, oh, just thank goodness it's not him. For Ten those years. outside of Australia, our, our Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has the vibe of a dad standing in the doorway of a kid's slumber party, just <laughs> wanting to be involved. Just going, what are you groovers up to in here? <laughs> groovers. <yeah. laughs> what are you doing? Listen to your rap music. That's that's Anthony Albanese. Uh, the first result here says he's five nine. Pretty, it's maybe slightly. That's tall. That's, that's a, tall. That's a tall. That's a tall man. <laughs> <laughs> that's huge, right? That's tall. Can confirm. Yeah. <laughs> what a big man. <laughs> you, I look up to him. You wouldn't want to be any taller. It's just <laughs> showing off. Yeah. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.